When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Okay, so what a week it's been for Sligo Rovers and what a week it's been for the Better Red Supporters Trust podcast. So we were treated to two stunning goals to count three points uh, in Waterford. And last week, the podcast made it into the top 50 most listened to sports podcasts in Ireland. So a massive thank you to all our listeners for making that happen and uh, continued success to us. Uh, This is episode 19 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. We're coming to you live from Zoom. Um, We got Jerry O'Connor with us again. How are things, Jerry? Good, Connor. Thanks. Magoo is with us again. How are you, Magoo? Top of the world, Connor. And as always, uh, Sean is with us. How are you, Sean? Fantastic, Connor. Just enjoying this newfound fame. Yeah, yeah. The other thing to mention this week is um, uh, um, uh, that we have, and this is like uh, this has been in the the works for the last number of weeks, uh, but we finally got it over the line. We're delighted to announce that um, for the rest of uh, well, yeah, I'm going to say for the rest of the season, um, the podcast, the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast, uh, will be sponsored by the White Hag Brewery, a fantastic. Sligo brand that's known all over the world, no more than the Rovers. Um, so we've got them on board and um, we'll have a competition later on in the podcast to give away a pizza kit along with uh, some beers. So uh, keep listening and um, to get your hands on that pizza kit and some beers. So uh, great news, lads, to have the White Hag on board. Sean, you're excited? Absolutely. Great opportunity for both of us, I suppose. And as long as the lads keep the beers flowing, we'll be happy enough. Yeah, and you know what? I'm... Uh, most podcasts, I uh, I have a beer with me. Uh, I don't today, just by chance. But um, yeah, it is great to have. Uh, it's great that the White Hag Magoo. Are you a fan of the White Hag? Oh, absolutely. More so now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like you, and like you, Connor, I'm thirsty as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry, with your with your um, commerce hat on. Um, it's great to it's great to be connected to a local company as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, look. White Hag are they're really innovative and they're really kind of push the boundaries. And I suppose we like to think that we do the same. So I think it'll be a good uh, good matchup for both. Um, yeah. Really looking forward to it, especially the beer. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll do a little bit of our our own. Um, we'll blow our trumpet here for a couple of seconds as well. And it like it's it's been. I got a real kick last week, Magoo, when you posted into our WhatsApp group that uh, that we made it into the top fifty. What was it? Forty sixth. We were at one stage in the uh, top forty fourth. Forty fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that. You know, like we're we put a bit like of. A, I was. I was. Yeah, I was in total shock. I was actually trying to Google something else about podcasts. <laughs> and you know the way if you type in a word, if you try and type in a word, uh, it'll give you up a lot of options. Yeah. I saw come up podcast charts. I was like, oh, podcast charts. Irish, sorry, Irish sports podcast charts. And I was like, oh, what's this? So I tapped into it. I think I saw a thing there. I nearly fell off the couch. 
Yeah, it's brilliant. I was telling the, I was telling the woman she was laughing. She was laughing at me, calling me a big kid. I was around with her, so excited. I was like, text the boys. Yeah, I was I was absolutely made up um, because we do put a good bit of work into it, and um, um, you know we're all volunteering. I guess it's there's no um, there's no money changing hands. There's no major incentive. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a it was a nice little boost. So. Um, well, I suppose the other thing to say is, well, in the last number of weeks, in fairness, our listenership, oh, since the start of the season, our listenership has fundamentally changed. It's gone off the charts and we've made some changes to the format of the podcast and that's probably helped. Obviously, Rovers are doing well, um, but I guess we just want to say thanks to everybody that is um, listening and to continue to spread the word, um, you know, share on social media, tell your friends about it um, uh, and spread the word. If you want to contact the podcast, you can get us obviously on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for the Bit of Red Supporters Trust. Or you can email the podcast, podcast at B-O-R-S-T dot I-E um, with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, and um, we'll be happy to hear them. So coming up on the podcast, we have our Shed End shout-outs. Uh, shouts from the Shed End, Shed End shout-outs. I know I keep calling it different names, but we have um, we have those coming up on the back of the win away to Waterford. We have, which we, we have what I'm going to call probably one of our best interviews that we've done to date, um, with Gary Buckley. We have our White Hag competition coming up after that. And ahead of our game on Friday evening, uh, away to Longford, we speak to Kieran Burke. He's a Longford Town fan. He's the man behind the Between the Stripes podcast and the Between the Stripes.net. So we have um, we have a packed show coming up for you. So really quickly, Dunner, um, we'll get into the shout from the shed end, but just a real quick kind of synopsis of your thoughts on the win uh, over Waterford? Um, overall, obviously very happy with the results. Uh, people might not agree with me, but I thought we made it an awful lot harder than it needed to be. I wasn't exactly blown away by how Waterford played. They defended well, pressed well, but I thought we just gave away the ball far too easily at times. We created an awful lot of our own problems. Um, I thought when we were good on the ball, we were excellent and we carved them up from quite a few times. And the goal, it was terrible. It was terrible defending from the corner. It wasn't just Morhen that lost his man. Everyone was at sixes and sevens. So, so it, just, it wasn't good at all. But then you get that wonder strike from, from Romeo to level things up with absolutely brilliant work from Jordan Gibson on the wing as well to get the ball in. And the thing about that goal as well is just the you know, you had almost too much time to think about it, Romeo. He could have sent this. He could have sent oh, that, it into the stands. That's a road's end for for me. I mean, if I make contact, oh, yeah. that is going north. <laughs> that's yeah. you know, it's it's a perfect that's ball, and it floats over, and you can. He's watching it the whole way. You can you can just watch, watch the replay. You see him watching the ball the whole way. So for him to make the connection he did was just absolutely amazing technique. And then so what can we say about Gibson's winner? Yeah. That's Listen, we, we, we go into all that, all that in more detail uh, in a few minutes. Um, Magoo, uh, you did, I did get the feeling, though, and I don't know if you agree with this, that if we were playing a better team, that we, we were leaving ourselves open a, a little bit. Um, yeah, well, like, I know that, uh, Liam afterwards was, wasn't too happy, but, like, it obviously wasn't as good. I was going to say we weren't at our best, but sure, we don't know what our best is yet, like, but it obviously wasn't as, we weren't up to the standard the week before. And like Sean said, if you're going to have a criticism, uh, set-piece goals are not something you want to start uh, losing. But um, look, it's uh, I think two things the game showed for me was 
Uh, one was character. I'd like the week before coming from the goal down, but not only coming from the goal down in the game, but like we could easily have let our heads drop after the goal disallowed against the dog the week before. And we could have felt sorry for ourselves all week. And then the big, the long journey down and then going the goal down in a game respect to win, we could have been like, oh, here we go again. And But we didn't. And the character of the team is, I think, is it's been seen already this season that they're the leaders in it. And there's there's a lot of character in that team, even the young fellas. The like of Jordan Gibson and everything. You can see the character of the Like You can see the confidence he had for the first couple of minutes of the game. He was trying to flip-flop and on the half a line, trying to not make fellas and everything. In the first touch, he had the ball, like oozing with confidence. And just, there was no way. I think once then we scored, once Romy equalised, it was only going to be one winner, even though we weren't at our best. I think that's the other thing the game showed me, was that that's why it would be a threat in every competition this season we play. We have forwards to win any game of football. And we're only, we've only been... There's only two of them that have turned up so far this yeah. season in Romeo and, and Romeo wasn't even playing that well. Romeo yeah. Gibson. We still have we still have another three to come to the party. Yeah. So you I touch think... on character there, Magoo, and you go you go back to last season and we went in an identical situation in Waterford. We go down to an early enough goal and we collapse. We don't show up for the rest yeah. of the game. We're we're non existent. Yeah. That's Never. it. Hey, it's dropped. Feel sorry for ourselves, and that's it. Completely yeah. different turnaround this year. Hey, yeah. um, Jerry, sorry, go on, Magoo. No, 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 go on. Well, Jerry, I was just going to ask you, do you, you know, based on the commentary that we listened to, are you worried that uh, Stephen and are going to come calling looking for uh, for Jordan Gibson back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they might be looking for a few other lads like um, Regan Donnelly as well and players <laughs> like that. So yeah. I'm getting really nervous. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, John, Johnny, Johnny Kelly as well. Whoever Johnny, oh, Johnny Kelly, Kelly was playing with Sligo City that night, actually. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Listen, we'll not get too hung up on that. No, um, no, not at all. Not um, at all. Just your the, the goals. The goals were great, though, uh, Jerry. Weren't they? I mean, they were they were real class. Yeah, real top class finishes. And as you said, there, lads, you know, could have the person could easily have hit Rose eight. And interesting enough, I, I was talking to a lad from Dublin this week and a lad from Monaghan, and both of them commented on on the game to me um, about the goals and particularly the second half performance. Uh, wouldn't be League of Ireland fans at all, but we're really impressed with Rovers. So I know we're probably being a little bit harsh. Um, I think the first 30 minutes, yeah, we were a bit, bit ropey, but uh, we really came into it then. I've been hobbling around all week, so I have. After Jordan Gibson's goal, so I jumped up in the sitting room, fucking landed on me heel. So I've been uh, crippled for the week, but uh, it was well worth it. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, you need to be careful. <laughs> I haven't been seen walking around the streets of Marabai now for a week, so I'll yeah. have to get back up and running. Yeah, yeah. Look after yourself. Um, yeah. Okay, we're going to go into the we're going to go into the game in a little bit more detail after we hear our uh, shouts from the shed end. And first up, it's only take us, taken us nineteen episodes uh, to have our first female voice, um, but the person who leads, uh, who opens up our shouts from the shed end, is Neve McGee. delighted at the win I don't think maybe we played as well as he did to Dundalk there last week but all the same it was really impressive uh, you know the volley off the parks was just brilliant and the strike from Gibson look I think that's a goal the, the club will remember for a very long time you don't see goals like that too often in the league especially this early on like second game in on his left foot and his first ever goal for the club as well but overall tonight even before that just looking at his feet and his play like such a skilled player 
and he's really beneficial signing for us. But we look really threatening going ahead, front line especially with the impressive signings. Going into the midfield, people like Bulger bringing the experience I've noticed so far, and um, Morahan and that as well. And then going back to the defensive line, it was very solid tonight, I thought. Uh, Horgan stood out to me. I think he saved Austin McGinty a couple of times, heading the ball out as well. So, look, there were a few sloppy passes in the midfield, and the ball was let loose a couple of times on our behalf, which can only be improved on, I suppose. And McGinty did let the ball slip out of his hands a few times too, but again, he redeemed himself with that double save, I suppose. So, yeah, look, we look threatening going ahead. I think we'll go quite far. How are you, lads? Roman Flanagan here in Boyle. I think Jordan Gibson's goal, yeah, definitely goal of the season so far. You don't save them. I do have some concern at the back. I nearly spilled my drink when Gary Buckley did that back header and there's a few shaky moments. Romeo, I suppose, he's been brought in to score goals and if that dries up, then I think he might be in trouble. The players we have on the bench, I think he needs to do better when he's in possession. No cars this week. I suppose it's nice to have a break and I'm sure they won't be long reappearing. Well, lads, Andrew Dodd here. Ed McGinty goals, I thought, was much improved. They're roaring at the whole team all night. He was commanded in his area and he also pulled off a world-class, world-class double save last night. My man in the match was Gary Buckley. Uh, he's formed a great partnership there with John Mann and I think they're actually the best defensive partnership in the league. Uh, Gary Buckley, he's winning tackles, he's winning headers and then when he gets the ball on his feet, he's that good of a footballer. He can lift his head and ping the ball 30 yards straight to Romeo's toe. Massive, massive outlet to have. Uh, Jordan Gibson also had a great game last night. It was tricky. He's beating his man. He was cutting inside, and of course, cutting inside and bang, top corner. What a finish. Two world class goals from himself and Romeo. I was very impressed with Walter at Derry, but I don't know what's going on with the player. Just, maybe it's not going to happen for him as well, or maybe he just needs more time. But I think we have our strength and depth in this squad now, and it's either sorry, lad. David Cawley comes in or Ryan DeVries comes in we have them options to come in which is unbelievable this year uh, Christopher Davey from Carlo I mean how many times have we seen Rovers uh, lose a game like that and uh, to see us um, go and you know with our backs to the wall 1-0 down fight back into the game and, and, and score two great goals and maybe could have had a third or a fourth really really good and also really good to see us I'd say when it seemed like the game was slipping away, maybe to be able to, to stamp our foot on it and to control it was really excellent. Ryan Matthews here. Um, just a brief summary on the game. Um, basically, it's great performance by Rovers. Waterford's a very difficult place to come, as we know over the years. If you told me 2-1 at the start of the game, definitely would have taken that. By the first 20 minutes, we absolutely bossed. It just was hard getting the first goal. Great goal by Romeo. Um, Gibson probably scored the goal of the season. Uh, what a goal that was. Um, I really want to talk about Gary Buckley. Um, I think he was outstanding tonight, man the match. Um, as he said, he's like a Rolls Royce in the middle. Um, he can pass, he can head, he can defend. It's just not that game, though. It's every single game with Gary since he's been back in the centre-back. Um, he had a conversation on the show about who's going to be player of the season. Um, I'm all over Gary Buckley being our player this season if he can stay fit. He's he's slowly become my favourite player anyways. Um, he's great to watch. And yeah, great three points and roll on Longford. This is a shout from the shed-in from Alan Cairns. Last night's game, fantastic result. I'm not going to go over the two goals I'm sure everybody has at the moment, but I'm going to give my virtual bullet points of an alternative view. Colm Horgan, what a game. Full back. Solid as a rock. His pace over five or ten yards. Excellent. Got us out a few holes. His defensive header... That got us two points. 
and up and down that line. I haven't seen it since Keno. Um, Jordan Gibson in front of him. He's he's the free freedom to play football now. He doesn't have to worry about coming back covering him. So for Colm Horgan, well done last night. Jordan Gibson again. I don't know if the man wears shin guards. If he does, there must be ice cream wafers because nothing else will fit in there. His goal that he came in. He's a right winger. He scored his left foot. The Waterford defender covered the right foot and the mini switched on to the left. He watched back in the goal. He switches off for a split second. Before you know it, back of the onion sack. Murphy's still looking for the ball. So he was excellent right throughout. Um, even for setting up that goal. And deserved man of the match. David Cawley when he came on. Very good game. Again, two games he came on. Last year I felt it was a bit of pressure on him. He carried the team a lot. He was responsible for set pieces, corners, defensively as well. So he didn't even have the quality of player around him. Reminded me a bit of Richie Ryan when he first came. Um, his passing people thought was quite poor, but he did just didn't have the players around him to see the passes. So maybe Davis kind of starting to play his way into that team a bit more. Bulger and Moran are very similar, so maybe in and out of teams depending on the game. Um, Ed McGinty, Ed McGinty again. The two saves he made in the first half got us two points. He was off his line, very sharp over five or ten yards, very, very sharp. And that saved Buckley's height as well when he gave a short back pass. So that was another positive. Team was packed with leaders. Bulger, Buckley, Mahan, Cawley, Romeo. You can give it to any of them. I haven't seen that since 2012. So I'm not saying we're near there to win a league, but we're taking the right steps. It feels like we're on the first step to something big. And... Hopefully we can build on. But I won't judge them until we see everyone played in the league. First, even 10 games. So that was fantastic. Two, a win away from home, a goal down. It's the Rears having a pint in the pub at this stage. And I don't think we've lost a game when Romeo scored. So long may it last. And finally, to buckle on the team. Look, guys, it's a depressing time for everybody. We all know that. So all you can do is keep doing what you're doing and make the people happy. Up the better red. That's chat from the shed end. Um, so some interesting points there. Um, I think something maybe we want to talk about. Um, we mentioned him last week. Um, like he hasn't set the world alight over the last two games. But Walter Figuera is getting a bit of criticism. Uh, Jerry, is that unnecessary at this stage? Oh, totally. Or, full, or fully uh, deserved? Oh, not deserved at all. Um, I think Walter's done quite well in both games. Um, he he's one of the hardest working players in the team. Uh, when he gets the ball, he very very rarely gives it away. Uh, so he's quite safe on it. And uh, I I would give him I'd be giving him seven out of ten for the two games he's played. I think people expect him to be a, an eight or a nine every week. Um, yeah. And like you know, he's only coming back from the UK into a new club. You know, and, and it's been proven time and time again that if you give players just a bit of breathing space. You know, uh, they usually turn turn out good for us, but seven out of ten for the last two games, in my opinion. So he's doing good enough for me. Magoo, do you think? Would you agree with Jerry that his ball retention is good, or is there room to improve there? He did he did set up. Um, he he laid the ball off for for Gibson's goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I think I totally agree with Jerry, hundred percent that he's um, I think he's been on fairly. He's getting very harsh criticism over and social media and stuff. I think, um, I can. I can totally see why Liam is playing him uh, number 10 because you remember for Gibson's goal, it was that would have been given offside, but he was trying to slide real ball through to Johnny Kenny, yeah. who wants to live on the shoulder the whole time. And he's looking for them balls the whole time. And there was a couple in the first half where he tried to in, slide in between centre halves or in between centre half and full back. 
And that one, Kenny, that was cut out, luckily enough for us, and went to Gibson and scored. But every time he's looking for that, and he, he has that eye for that pass, and I think it's only a matter of time before he, he really, as Jerry says, he settles in properly in 100%. And yeah. I think we'll see the best of him. Like, I think as he probably hasn't lit up the games like Jordan or even Romeo has with the goals, but I don't, I don't think he's playing bad. No, I think he's been definitely hearty traders. And like Sean, there's, there's like the team has to progress. It's got to start somewhere and go somewhere. Like it's not everyone's going to hit the ground, you know, running at 100%. You've you got to allow people to grow into the club, the position, the manager. There's a lot of things, a lot of variables going on. Absolutely. You know, people, it's a very unfair, um, how would you say, personal to put, put them on to say, you know, you need, you need to come in and be a 10 out of 10 straight away. And then they're judging them against the likes of Romeo and that. Romeo, people forget Romeo's already been here a season. He's, he's been here, settled, done his business, and fair enough, he's gone, but he's come back. He knows the league. He knows what it's all about. It's not really anything new to him. And the players in around him, you know, they're all pros as well, season pros within the league. Gibson may be fair enough. He's, he's new coming in and he set the world alight. But I think with Walter, his work rate has been top class. I think if you ask Lane Buckley, oh, how have you found Walter's performance? I'd say, he'd say very good because he's worked extremely hard for the team. He's made runs. He's constantly tracking. He, no, he's, he's, I, I've been impressed with him. Maybe on the ball, he hasn't been amazing, but he's trying things. And I said, one thing I took from his performance there the other night against Waterford is where he gets taken down for the penalty. He takes that ball on the turn, beats a man, and then goes to go by the centre half, the second centre half. And in fairness, the lad makes an unbelievable tackle. It's never a penalty. Yeah. But that's that's what Walter's capable of. He can open up back fours in a heartbeat with yeah. a turn and a wee pass. Um, uh, Sean, give us 10 seconds because we speak to him at length in a few minutes in a full interview. Uh, but 10 seconds on Gary Buckley's performance over the last two games. I mean, he did he did have the little testing header for Ed McGinty, but um, he, have you been impressed with how he's gone about his football over the last two games? He's exceptional. He's absolutely exceptional at centre-half. His reading of the game is unbelievable. Uh, his on the ball work is just sensational. That ball he played through for Romeo the other night, where Romeo hits a straight at the keeper, is top class. He's playing that. I hate giving this comparison, but it's almost like the Van Dyke role, where he's just calm, collected at the back, but he's also playing those diagonal passes that are splitting teams open at the back. And really, I mean, now we have the ability on the wings to hurt teams from there with the likes of Gibson and Romeo, and he's playing them in behind and. It's, He's, look, he's just been exceptional, so he has. There's not much more I can say on him. Um, Jerry, you you had a point. You wanted to say something uh, on, about the referee from the last game. Yeah, um, I think I thought he had an ex- exceptional game uh, in that. Um, I think, it's, oh, geez, I must be following League of Ireland a long, long time now. But it's the first game that I can remember where there were no cards issued. It was McLaughlin, uh, wasn't it, from Donegal? Who yeah, McLaughlin, yeah. yeah. Which was brilliant. He just let the game game flow. I remember when McLaughlin first came into the game, he was, you know, I thought he was a brilliant referee. I think it went to his head there for a while for a few years, but uh, just the, last, the game that last night, you wouldn't know he was there. That's exactly what we want from a referee. Yeah. There was no bad fouls in the game, and 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 thus there was no no cards. So yeah. that was really refreshing. I can't remember the last game yeah. where I could say that when you. Compared to the previous week, it's chalk and cheese, and that's what we want. Jerry, I think, the game Jerry on, on that point on the referee, actually, 
it was actually refreshing to see him. He talked to the players as a person. He wasn't talking down to them. He was actually yeah. communicating with them. You could see the actual, the players were respecting him and they were appreciating yeah. what he was saying to them. He was explaining why he was given the foul. Yeah. But you know, do you know what that is, Sean? That, there's a man with confidence. When yeah. you see, and I won't, I won't mention any names, but I'm sure we all know, when you see the referees barking, and like it's more obvious now um, when there's nobody in the stadiums apart from the players and the management and, and the officials, when you see the, the referee barking at a, at a player, there's a fellow who's under pressure, who's maybe a little bit of unsure, unsure of himself. Um, you know, I, I, but, but McLaughlin, you know, calm, collected. He had loads of opportunities to give out cards, you know, you know incorrectly um, yeah. throughout the game. There was loads, there was lots of strong challenges. Um, I can't remember who it was. I think John Mahan had a strong challenge on the um, on the, on the sideline at one stage. No, no panic. Just got on with the game. I don't think he even needed to have a word with anybody. The game just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. Yeah, that's a that's a good shout. It's uh, good shout. Um, Magoo, another player that we probably are not talking about, but he's really staking his claim is uh, the fullback in your neighbour, Colin Horgan. He's you like what he's what he's been doing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's been he's been brilliant. The fact that nobody's talking about him, just he's just going doing about his business. Unassuming, as Jerry said about Walter, seven out of ten. I think uh, Collins the same seven, eight out of ten ball games without even noticing him. He just and that just shows there's never a mis- there's not a mistake in him. Everything is done correctly. The job is done. He knows the role. He knows the role inside out. And the biggest compliment I can pay the man is that. Since the start of the season, Lewis Banks' name hasn't been mentioned by anybody anywhere once. Mm-hmm. And and that is the proper problem because Lewis Banks was one of the best fullbacks in the league on his day. Yeah. And nobody's nobody's mentioned him since Hargan's come in. He's been brilliant. Yeah. And we've put in depth now, Jerry, in, in both left and right back positions. Yeah. Um I think you could you could easily swap out the left and right back that are playing at the moment and bring in uh Donlan and uh Lewis Banks and the team would be just as good um, so that really shows the strength and depth that we have this year um, which is which is what we want um, Sean uh, impressed with Ed in the Waterford game brilliant absolutely brilliant fearless he's uh, his confidence has always grown as we said from the Dundalk game you know people were getting on his back a wee bit about those mistakes but I even said to myself, let him make the mistakes if needs be because he just has the confidence to get over them quickly and he'll go and do the business again. Those two quick fire saves in the first half, they're just, that was just as important as a goal. So they were unbelievable yeah. saves at a really crucial point in the game as well. If they yeah, were to if go 2 0 down, you're. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a way back because we weren't really playing well at that stage. We were really sloppy in possession around that time. I just felt if we went 2-0 down there, we were in big, big trouble. It was hard it was to pro- go back in. It was probably the turning point, Sean, in the game. Definitely. Absolutely, Jerry. And I'd say, you know, you could see players' spirits lifted after that. It yeah. gives people a boost. So yeah. it does. And that like first, a goal. The second save is, it reminds you of those ones Peter Schmeichel used to do where he just starfish, just throw out a, just throw out a limb and see what happens. Yeah. But it's the first save is actually harder. If you look, if you look back on it, it actually comes through a crowded group of players, and I think it goes through some deflection. Yeah, and he just deflection. The half's up. He, he nearly dies by it. Yeah, and he gets his hand back down to it. He's, yeah. he's, an, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. I actually seen him getting a little bit of criticism as well yeah. the other night because he dropped a couple. He, I watched it back. He's not actually dropping them. He's been assaulted. <laughs> 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 
Daryl Horgan, or not Daryl Horgan, Daryl Murphy, when he comes on, he's just a wily old fox in the box anyway. But he throws his body about into Ed once or twice, you know, just causing him to drop the ball. But Ed doesn't panic. He's just down yeah. on it. He claims it or someone else is in around to clear it. But yeah. all in all, I thought McGinty was brilliant again. Look, there's been a lot of football on on the box over the over the last week or so with internationals and games like that. And, you know, I don't think there's a goalkeeper uh, in any of the games that I've seen that hasn't made at least one mistake. Yeah. You know, I just think we're we're like Walter. I think people are getting on on the likes of uh, Ed's back a little bit too quickly. Like you know, he was in what he was pipped to player of the season last season, and that after one or two friendlies where he made a couple of mistakes, we're like, oh, I'm not sure about him. I'm not sure about him. Look, he just proved his worth there again on uh, on Friday night, and seeing that was the turning point in the game. Two 0 down, we're gone. Yeah. <clears throat> um, listen, we're only minutes away from uh, one of our uh, best interviews to date. Gary Buckley has been with uh, the club, obviously, for the last uh, season and a bit. A really good interview with him. And after Gary, we have our first giveaway from the White Hag, our new podcast sponsor. Um, just before we move on, Magoo, uh, you know, what do you think needs to happen? Or where do you think Waterford are going to... How do you think they're going to fare throughout the season, I guess? You know, I mean, they kind of need to get points on the board early. And you, they're the sort of team or the sort of squad that could get disinterested. Yeah, it's hard to know, you see, because as they're all new players to the league, nobody knows anything about them. Like we said last week, you know, they had an extra week, they have, will have an extra week to, to be together. So that probably, that, you could see the improvement in them. When we went down and played, our was first home game maybe as well as a big, was a big thing for them. But uh, how are they going to fare? I, do, I don't know. I, I don't see, I don't see how they can survive, be anywhere above the bottom too, anyway. Okay. And like okay. I know they played, I know they played all right against the Stiller Knight and everything, but I don't see too much in them or too much on the sideline with with Sheedy. If you hear him talking of where they can, I, I don't hold out a hope. There was not, there was nothing to fear. Well. No, if they if they if they finish just outside the relegation zone, they should be delighted. But you know what, they could they could just as easily have had four points as to zero because in the first game uh, against Drogheda, they were extremely unlucky to go. Uh, one to, to lose the game one 0 with the delayed OG, OG yeah. and just going back to the point where McGinty made the double save, they could have been two 0 up. So they could just as yeah, easily. True. It just shows you how fine line, fine line of football. They could easily have four points as opposed to none, and luck does play a part. Um, and I think, you know, they do need to get a result quickly because they could fall away, but. I just don't Everyone think they're as bad as a team as the, uh, zero points, you know? Yeah. I just, just quickly on that, I think their opportunities for our game, it, it does come from our own doing, though, from our, our sloppiness in possession. Like, even that double save comes from, we take a throw in, it's a bad pass from Walter to McCourt, and there's a mix up between him and Bulger. And that lad Waste, who I thought actually was excellent for them on the wing, he gave yeah. best player, McCourt, yeah. yeah, he gave McCourt a torrid time. Uh, he does really well and gets the ball across, and that's where that opportunity comes from. Whereas you look at us, and our our goals come from individual brilliance. Hmm. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, we, think, we, I don't think they're going to be. I honestly don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody was making them out before the start of the season, and we saw yeah. that against in our game. And the extra week they had obviously helped that, but I I still don't see. And if you're looking at the rest of the teams around the league, I still don't see where they're going to be better than bottom two. 
Yeah, that's, okay. That's what I think. I don't. I don't see what they have to get any yeah. further than that. I will be honest. There'll be no like it is in the league this year. There's going to be no easy games. There, it's going to be no. as tight. The thing. Yeah. So, but no easy games, lads. There'll be no easy games. Okay, so um, I think have we covered everything there? We could probably we could probably talk a little bit more about um, um that kind of you know the the Waterford were there thereabouts at times in the game. We gave them a bit of space, um, but I guess you know. As we've been saying throughout, and as we said with um, with and when we hear from Gary, you know, we're kind of making the point that this team is um, in the progress of going somewhere, and um, I suppose we don't expect to have the complete um, finished article on the field at the moment. So, um, yeah, up next it's uh, Gary Buckley. We speak to him. It's one of you know the best interviews I think that we've done. And after we speak to Gary, uh, it's your chance to win some beer and a pizza kit with thanks to the White Hag, our new podcast sponsors. Uh, yeah, let's get into the let's get into the Gary Buckley interview. Thanks for your time, Gary. Um, so the first thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I suppose you know when you came to the club, obviously last season was a difficult season for for everybody, and it, it turned out okay. But um, we, we didn't kind of hear a lot from you. But um, you made the move from Cork City, obviously um, a club where you had huge success. You'd won cups and leagues, and um, so I guess my, my first question was how difficult was it leaving Cork City and. For as somebody who has strong core connection from others from West Cork, um, I know that Sligo is kind of it's a bit out of the way for people uh, in Cork. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about, and was it um, was it an easy move for you? Um, it was kind of easy in a way, but it was probably it was probably hard leaving the club I've supported since geez, six seven years of age and going out to the cross since that age. And then, oh, my dream was always was to play for Cork City, and I suppose. I've I've done that, and I suppose I've done more than much, most Cork people who play Cork City or win doubles and cups. And I, I think at the end it kind of just it kind of it kind of ran its course, you know. And I thought it was just a time for me just to go out and experience football life, or even just life in general outside of Cork. And to be honest, I, I think I kind of I kind of felt in a way in the club, not in the club, but outside the club, the fan stuff that I was kind of underappreciated. So I just said to myself. I've got to get out of the club, show people what I can do outside the club that I'm not just dependent on the club. And obviously I, was, I spoke to Liam for, for a good month and a half. Or I suppose people probably would have thought like, oh, why is he going up there? Is up to Sligo away from Cork so far? But to be honest, I, I, I believed what he said. And I didn't really know Liam, but I knew people that worked with him. And I knew people said that he was, he was honest as they, as they come. Like, and he'd tell you how he is. And he told me the vision for the club. And to be fair, like uh, my first season coming fourth and we started well this year, I can I can only see positive signs going forward. Touch wood that we continue this good form and uh, hopefully, hopefully that I'm as eager as ever to win trophies. Like so, that that's the plan. Well, in here, yes. So um, we had asked people on social media to send in some questions that they might have for you, and um, the first one comes in from Keith Fitzsimmons, and um, I guess it's it's in relation to you know you've made a big move. Um, Geographically, but um, you've also made a, a move uh, positionally, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, Keith is asking, do you feel more comfortable playing at centre back uh, than at the other position? Because I guess in Cork you were known as an attacking midfielder and you played in kind of a number ten role. So um, is um, is a centre half role something that you're you're happy to play? Uh, yeah, I suppose I'm. I probably look more comfortable back there. I I, I always thought I was a centre half. I played. I signed for. For Cork as a centre half, and I played there underage, and I was actually brought through the first team as a as a as a centre half. I was only Caulfield that put me in a the midfield position, and obviously I scored a few goals early on. And I always had a knack for scoring goals in in the midfield area. But 
I just felt that I always knew at some stage that I would get back to playing centre-half. I probably didn't think it would come this soon, but it might have been a blessing in disguise that I know I knew I was always going to go back there. And I suppose coming on from last year, it, was getting, it just took me a while to get to know the positions of strikers' movements and my movements to recover. And, you know, I, I had a good, I think it was seven or eight games last season and just carried on this year to... I suppose the first two games it was disappointing for me not to get a clean sheet because as a defender it's different midfield that I live and breathe on clean sheets so get back to that is, is the main thing you know. And uh, tell when us you, little, you were... Sorry Magoo uh, just before you, uh, you come in Magoo uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your partnership with uh, John Mann so there's, there's a nice uh, balance there I guess between um, John's um, sturdiness and, um, and your maybe more um, how should I put it Elegance. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're. I mean, John's yeah, the ball. Thanks. John's a good passer, but there's a, there's a nice, there's a different, there's a different uh, difference in style between the two. E. So, how's that partnership going? Yeah, I think we complement each other well. You know, we have we have areas of a game where I might be as strong and he's strong in that department, and I'm more strong in the other departments. So, I think we complement each other well. And uh, like I said, like saying that, like we all want to play football, but we need to we need to win games and clean sheets is the main thing, and we need to get back to doing that. And, like we have uh, Shane Blaney and Danny Kane there as well that are, are pushing us every week. So the competition is good for us. But um, to go back to John, he's he's I suppose he's probably one of the most most players that has that has really caught my eye since I've came to the club. I couldn't believe he was only 20, 21 years of age. He's he's, he's like a man. And to be fair, like uh, watching him every day and giving him tips and stuff like that. It's, it's I don't even need to give him tips because he's so used to the role and it's actually kind of a pleasure to play with him the way he defends and. Even though he's so young, it actually brings on my game, and, I, and I, I'm sure I try to do the same thing. So we complement each other well, but it's already there. Yeah, we can't be getting ahead of ourselves just because we've drawn and win a game. You know, in this league, things can change very quickly, but the early signs are good. Oh, I was just—I was sorry. I was just going to ask Gary. Um, come back to your last, back to the last question. When you were speaking to Liam for a month or a month and a half, was he saying to you that he wanted you to go back centre half, or did you discuss what role you'd play at all? Um, no, I, I don't think I don't think anybody in this league knew where I probably could have played there. You know, all the years of of when we were were in from twenty fourteen to whatever late twenty nineteen, I was always midfielder. And I was always number ten. I was like a second striker, so I'd say not many people knew I could play there because so, it had been so long. So no, he 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 definitely saw me as a attacking midfielder. And obviously, we had injured injuries and stuff last year. We had six defenders out, so. I suppose he said, could I play back there? And I said, yeah, I played there before and whatever. So he obviously said, and then I think it was the Shamrock Rovers home game just before the break where probably we lost and conceded three goals. I thought he had a decent enough game back there and our players weren't back just after the break. So I stayed there and I kind of, kind of just spiralled on from there. And I kind of, I kind of told the men in a way that I was happy. I was happy to stay there. Like I didn't, I, I probably didn't want him to think that he he wasn't doing me a favour that oh I want to go back to the field that yeah. I told him that listen I'm ha- I'm happy to go back there I'm, I always knew I was going to go back there at some stage so uh, let's just give it a go and, and see how we get on. Gary, just with a with regards to the squad this season and what you originally signed to last season, have you seen a big jump up in quality in what's begun this season? Um, yeah, I think. We definitely have a lot of quality this year, but then saying again that we, we did lose a lot of quality as well in the off season. So it's it's tough. I think we've brought in 
a bit more experience. And then again, we have players last year who have done so well that have that season under our belt as well. You know, they have that extra year experience. So it's a tough one because we we have we have lost quality players. Um, but I think this year bringing in the likes of of Jordan, even Romeo come back, Greg. Like they're like Romeo and Greg are, are experienced players who've been around a long time. Jordan is and at times unplayable, like have you seen so far? So we've definitely got goals in the team, we've got experience in the team. So that has that has stood us so far. But like I said, it's there's a long way to go in this season, so there's a lot of work to be done. Gary, um I've a couple of questions here from from fans that uh, uh sent us in messages. Uh the first one's from Alan Cairns. And he's just asking, um, I suppose, with games behind closed doors, do you think it's an advantage for young players uh, to develop without that pressure, you know? Uh, that's a good question, I suppose. Um, yeah, I suppose the, the crowds would have kind of made, made, or, made or break them in a way when they were there. Um, I suppose it depends on the player. Yeah. I suppose it gives them a chance, but it's, then again, like we're, we're all young at one stage, you know, uh, it's up to young lads these days. Like they're all going to get chances. We have young lads playing or coming off the bench in the squads, <clears throat> but it's up to you to get your opportunity, whether there's crows in, crows in the, the, the stand or not. Like it's up to you to take your chance. And yeah. if that helps you or doesn't help you, I know for myself that since the crows have not been there, it's been different. But I think when the crows were there, I didn't really take too much notice of it, whether I was getting criticism or applaud it's like it's, it's hard to notice unless you're unless they're obviously you're doing well and they're getting behind you it's hard to really notice that kind of pressure when, it, when that, that's my point of view but uh, I suppose young lads it might affect them but it, ju- it just depends on the person really yeah exactly and I think you know, the younger generation aren't you phased as much uh, as maybe mm. you know older guys would have been in the past but the second mm. question then is from John Doyle um, and I think John is actually a Cork man as well and uh, I don't even know what he's asking here, but he's saying Drusheen or Black Pudding. What did he say? Drusheen or Black Pudding. What, what, Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> 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 you must be minding it. Drusheen's going to be some, some sort of Cork uh, food stuff. Yeah. What, 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 what way do you spell it? D-R-I-S-H-E-E-N. Drusheen. Maybe he's I need a Cork accent first. He's in lockdown too long, hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have words with John. I think he's binding us up. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your time in Cork, um, and it was interesting to say that you felt a little bit underappreciated. Do you think that was because you were a local lad? And, you know, I, I think like in with Rovers that, you know, when a, your Romeo Parks comes in or when you're, you know, something a, a bit different from it, um, mm. abroad comes in, they kind of catch the spotlight. So do you think that you kind of foul of that kind of situation? Uh, yeah, I suppose it, it was in a way that I've been as a young lad, they're probably expecting more from me because you're from the area and it should, they, they probably think like it should mean more from you. But I suppose the Cork fans, they're, they're, they're fickle people. Like they, they don't expect anything but three pints every week, which is, which is mad in a way. Like I go back to a couple of years ago where we, we were, we went 21 games winning streak in a row the first 21 games I think it was just mid-season break I think we drew or lost the home to Bowes first, first time losing and they booed us off the pitch and I was thinking to myself Jesus this is this is mad like this kind of stuff and go back to the other question there about being um, uh, from, from, from Cork that I just got slack and whatever I remember a story when um, do you remember Toby Bella by Rowling he uh, 
He was a slave as well. You remember him? <laughs> he, he came to the car for us. He came to Cork, and I and I not missing. The fans had uh, a chant for him before he even stepped foot on on the pitch. And they're the kind of stuff like you're dealing with, like they're Toby at the boy, and they never even saw him play. They couldn't even tell you the color of his boots, like so. It was just stuff they like did that. It's all right. Yeah, they, they they always like brought people in from the outside. They, they love seeing people sign from the outside, but. That's just, I suppose, that's just the way it goes in football, isn't it? Gary, was it, look, was it, was it, sorry, Sean. Uh, not to dwell too much on you leaving Cork, but when you did make the decision to go, was there was there many clubs knocking on the door? Because from a fan's point of view, watching on, I would have just considered you a stalwart of Cork City that you were never leaving. That you were, that's you. Your colours were pinned to the post. You were never going anywhere else. But Cork and were clubs taken aback when you put your name out there to be? Um, to be honest, I, I probably was. Like I, I every year I was just it was signed, sealed, delivered. Like I was, it was never an option for me. Well, then again, we were we were winning every week. Like, or why would I want to go anywhere? Playing on my doorstep, winning cups, going, going to the Viva, winning leagues. Why would I want to go anywhere? Yeah. E- even even going to England at that stage was was not even appealing to me. You know, if if it came along, I was thinking, what? Why would I want to leave? Go to League One or even. League two when I'm playing in Europa League every week, Champions League every or every summer. So what, what was the point? But like I said, that that season was a, a big turning point in uh, in that era. I suppose the John Caulfield, John Cotter era, where it kind of they were going a different direction. There was a new board and whatever. And I just thought that me being a part of that and new people coming in, that um, it wasn't even even about money situation. Like like the difference of money from Cork to Sligo. Considering I'm moving the whole length and breadth of the country, like we're not talking thousands, they were caught talking a couple of hundred. That I moved everything up myself and my girlfriend to move here to win stuff with Sligo. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not like it's not England where you're moving from, geez, Man United to Chelsea down the road. Like, yeah. So I, 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 I bought into the, the, the thing Liam said to me because I was like, what once you win a trophy or play in Europe, like, there's, there's nothing better than. The feeling that every every year, like it's it gives you that hunger to want to do it again. Like, you, like you, you don't just say, "Oh, that was brilliant," and then that's it. Like, I'm I'm happy I've done that. Like, it, it gives you so much hunger to to win more. Like, you see it all the time. Where it happened even the year two ago, where Shamrock Rovers won the cup, and then next year they come back and win the league. It happened to us as well. Like, it gives you so much hunger to come back and want that that feeling, that experience again. And I just thought that Sligo were were, were in a better position than than Cork to to win stuff. And if I had to move then so be it to progress my career but saying that like it was it was a very very tough decision for me because I, I love Cork since I was six or seven years of age I've been to every game I was on my dad's shoulders when they won the league in 2005 on the pitch and then I was, I was there myself winning it 12 years later like it's, it's unbelievable stuff like but I just thought for the sake of my career that I had to move and and, and so be it and I'm, I'm even then when they got relegated I think we, we practically nearly relegated them last year uh, at home to one and it, it felt weird like for myself like when Ronan Cochran scored that penalty it felt weird like that like I, I was going to be like a reason they they kind of got relegated but saying that like I, I'm, I'm professional I want I want Sligo to, to do well more and I want Cork City to do well now like, you know what I mean so I, ho- I hope Cork do well but I'm, I'm a Sligo Rovers player and I, and I want to win more trophies and I want to win games for Sligo And do you feel like it's been a a refresh in your career, like it's a new lease of life, moving up to Sligo Rovers, but also with a positional change as well. That it's 
yeah, it's been it's been full shackles shackles off really. Like um, I suppose coming up to an area where I didn't have a clue, nobody knew me. I was walking down the streets where nobody didn't clue where I was. Well, I suppose I didn't long change. Was like was a small place compared to Clark. <laughs> but um, like even that, like just come to a different new place and coming outside of of leaving everybody and because when, when I was in Cork, like, you come home for a match and my dad or my friends are saying, oh, this and that. And it's just like, I want to just get away from all that and experience something else, push on in my career. And then I suppose the best in disguise was going to the half. Like I always knew I was going to end up going back there. And to be honest, it's, I've, I, ha, I have always had better performances back there as well. So I'm hoping I can continue that. And like I said, win more games and ultimately uh, win, win cups and trophies. Or Sligo. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. Harry, we have a question from a dressing room insider. So, um, Let's, oh see if you can, let's see if you can identify who's asking the question. What they ask, um, can you ask Gary, since they look very alike, is Gary any relation to Cork Tom? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so so who, who do you think is asking the question? My God, it could be one of three people. His similar um, initials to you, has a sunny side. Oh my God. <laughs> Greg Balger, <laughs> Benjamin Button, is it? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like having someone like uh, Greg Bulger uh, come into the club? Uh, yeah, I suppose uh, I've known I've known Greg geez, good, for a good few years, and I, when I knew that he was talking to Liam Lasher, I was actually ecstatic, like uh, to have someone of his, not not even him as a person, because I know he's like as a person around the place, the character and that, but as a player, like it's I don't think people understand that. I know they've lost, like our Shamrock Rovers lost Aaron McAdiff and Jack Byrne, but they've also lost Greg Bolger in that midfield. Like, so for us to gain a player of his quality, as well as his experience and his character around the players, like it's it's a huge boost for us, even around the dressing room and that. And obviously, it's good for me. I can I can listen to his uh, his, his ship banter every day when he wants to go for a coffee and that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um, let's look ahead to Friday, early kickoff. Um, later on in the podcast, we speak to Karen Burke from Between the Stripes. He's a Longford Town fan. And um, um, he, he's kind of told us a lot about um, Longford's fitness, which has been shown in their, their comeback against Bowles, I guess. Um, so what are you expecting from Longford Town on Friday evening? Yeah, I suppose they're, they're riding high now at the moment, like, aren't they? Um, I suppose that teams are always dangerous when they're full of confidence, but... Then again, we've come off the back of a good result in both games, really, like coming back from a goal down shows the character that we have in our team. And like I said earlier, getting back to clean sheets, we get back to clean sheets, we, we'll win games easily with the with the firepower we have up front, like they can score on any given week. So I suppose, I know we don't, we know what the docks threats and, and the stuff like that and their weaknesses, but I suppose going into most games, we need, we need to kind of worry about ourselves and, and uh, not too much about the opposition. Obviously, Liam does extensive work on and John Russell and uh, and the backroom team on opposition, but the the be all and end all every week really is kind of to worry about ourselves because if, well, we know that we have the quality to turn up on every week to be honest. So uh, yeah, once we do that early on, because the first two games we started we started poor in the first 10 minutes, 50 minutes of the both game. So if we can if we can get back to rectifying the, those kind of things, that uh, we'll have no problem on Friday night, especially like because we know the way. Longford, like like you said, they're, they're fit, they're young, they're fit, and those kind of teams are dangerous with the confidence that they have as well. Yeah, I think that's one thing that um, Karen from earlier or from between the stripes highlighted that uh, Longford, you know, in both games started off quite well and were on the front foot and caused Derry um, 
you know, napping. So mm. I suppose hopefully that's something that we can kind of address maybe on, on Friday night. Yeah, we were only chatting about that, a uh, few of us, myself and Greg and a few of the boys actually earlier that, like we haven't started well in the last two games and Longford have started well in their game, so it's something that we need to be, that be, on, our, be on our game like come Friday, once we can get past that that area or that uh, area of the game that we can we can go push on and, and hopefully go and get the three points and who knows, maybe we could be top of the league by the end of the weekend. Come here, you kept um, uh, young Ed McGinty on his toes there in the second half. Uh, way to Waterford with a little deft header. <laughs> yeah, I, he was getting cold. And I thought I'd keep him on his toes. <laughs> nah, I, 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 to be honest, I didn't see the winger, and it was probably a stupid decision. But well, uh, I, let's just—it won't be happening again. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. Um, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that we've all been pretty happy with the, the start of the season. Um, but having said that, there's there's still definitely room to improve, which is kind of a good thing as well, I suppose, because we could see where we need to identify, like you've just spoken about, like how we start games. And uh, although we were definitely the better team against um, Waterford, we probably did give them opportunities to mm. come back into the game. And I guess, you know, that might be a bit of a concern going into a game against a young and uh, particularly fish Longford team, I guess, like, you know. Yeah, I suppose the way Liam was a player, like, you know, um, getting the ball, pass the ball quickly off from the back, get the ball wide, I suppose, that kind of leaves us uh, susceptible to, if we break down, that, that we're wide open and teams can come and attack us. So, I suppose it's getting that into the game that if, if we do lose the ball in a situation that we're back in position, that, that we can't, uh, the teams can't punish us. I suppose that'll, that'll just take time. I suppose Liam, it was hard for Liam to implement the style too much last year with the with the breaks and stuff like that. And we kind of got the grips with it towards the end of the season. We had got, got a good run. And all pre-seas were working on different areas of the pitch on where we can hurt teams and where, where they can hurt us too so we can improve. And I suppose it's, just, it's like you, you, you've seen in the first two weeks where we haven't started well. And so I suppose it's just, it'll, it'll take a few weeks for us to uh, get our style up and running and uh, hopefully we can be full-flowing like, like, like we know we can be. Um, was, was Romeo pissed off um, after he scored what was a great goal only to be outdone was he, was he pissed off when he came in after the game <laughs> uh, well he should be he had a beast for the first 30 minutes <laughs> uh, no but uh, I, I'm not sure I think he, uh, he I think he was a bit pissed at the, the chance he missed for the ball I gave him over the top that he thought oh, he should yeah. have two before half time I think yeah, that's what yeah. he was saying to me because he was Definitely, sitting next yeah. to him and he was saying to me that I cost you an assist there. I goes, yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. No, whatever. And uh, <laughs> well, listen, I, I leave him off if he scores a goal every week. He's two and two now. So as long as he, he scores most games, man, he can do what he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anybody else got anything else? Uh, Magoo, have you got anything you want to... No, just that I'm, um, I heard you, were, you had a, an interview this morning with uh, Cork Evening Echo with uh, Noel Splann. I was just wondering how that went. <laughs> I don't know any more than that. I got pranked. I got pranked this morning. <laughs> By who? By Conor O'Grady. <laughs> what, what happened? He told me he was a porter down from Cork. And I was thinking and I was thinking to myself, nah, there's no way this is him. <laughs> and I was thinking myself, I can't kind of disrespect him by saying, oh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. So I, I went along with it for a good 30, 60 seconds, about whatever. And he just stopped me and said, oh, this is Conor Gray. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <"Fuck, cunt." laughs> 
And come here, does Conor, does Conor O'Grady do a good Cork accent? He actually did. He did a very good Cork accent. That's what kind of led me on. Jesus. He did a better one than me. <laughs> if that's possible. Mother, isn't he? Yeah, he played with my brother, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, that's right, yeah. yeah. Mm. Long time okay. ago, I know. Get him back. Yeah, yeah. Um, good luck on uh, Friday. What about the early kickoff? Is that, does that come into play or does it bother uh, no, it doesn't really bother us really. Um, I suppose this time of the year, like it's it's, it's all the same. We really. probably be still under the lights and whatnot. So, uh, no, it doesn't really bother us really. No, I suppose Longford's only an hour and a half trip really maximum. So, it's, yeah. it's all the one really from come from Sligo. You know, we've a, we've a bad recent record against them. Was it last year they knocked us out of the cup? I can't choose to remember. Was that last year? Two years. 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 Was it yeah. in Longford? Two, two, two and three. three. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Once in a row, wasn't yeah. it? Once yeah. Once in Longford, and then they knocked us out at home. So. Really? Oh, we yeah. expected to beat them fairly handily, I think, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. That was the problem, especially especially the second game in the showgrounds. We were we expected oh. to hammer them. Their pitch is normally decent as well, like so. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be in good nick this year. Yeah, every time I played there, I was in was yeah. serious quality. Yeah. Gary, oh, just, just quickly before you head off, just wondering, how have you actually settled into life in Sligo in general? Like, how do you find living up here? Yeah, I suppose I suppose I haven't really seen, like, whatever. I haven't got, got the full package of Sligo because of lockdown and whatnot last year. Um, I suppose I got a good two, two three months last year. Where I we were out, me and my missus is there as well. Like, and we were out and about doing going to restaurants for food and going all seeing all the sights and stuff, you know. So, I suppose since then we were up and down taking stuff out of Parham and putting back in again. So, I haven't really seen too much of the place, but to be honest, it's it's been like you said earlier, it's been a breath of fresh air to come to a place like this where I can just concentrate fully on football where there's no distractions outside that. I'm going to I'm going to train and I'm coming home. I'm doing my stuff and then get up next morning going to train and coming home it's just full focus on football like it's to be honest the lockdown is, is probably good in a way because fo- footballers lives is practically live like live like lockdown as well like Joe, this is practically our lives if there, was, if there was if no lockdown we just live and breathe for the football and that's it's probably just the same thing to be honest it doesn't feel like there's there's any lockdown for us because it's just it's just the same thing go home football come back home eat just so it's what we do, live for Friday nights and Saturday nights. And yeah. but then again, you, you you want to be out and about doing stuff for your for your mental health and whatever. But absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And get, and get crowds back in the stadium. And so. we want to be in the showgrounds, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Especially when you're winning games and stuff, there's, there's nothing better. You only in. got a you only got a slight taste of it for the Shams home game. That yeah, yeah. That would have been a good one. Great night yeah. as well. Yeah, I remember. And we lost that day in the crowd were brilliant as well. Like so, yeah. Yeah. just goes just goes to show if your things are doing well. Like, yeah, and that's like all rovers have to happen. There's definitely like this. There's, I think um, you know somebody said it earlier on in the the shouts from the shed and the little feature that we do that there's definitely a sense that this team is progressing and going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, so yeah, I think that carried you. Yeah, I, I think the, the main thing do, when do you're you get when, a sense like. Yeah, like myself, I've experienced over the years is that like when you're when you're a new team coming together, like and Liam, and Liam wants to implement a style and a philosophy or whatever you want to call it uh, to everyone, and we're all new. That I think the, the main thing early early on is to is to get the results in because ultimately they will they will dictate how how, how you will carry on. Like because if the, if the results are going well, 
the, the manager might end up changing his philosophy or say, listen, we're going to do this way because we need to get the results in. As long as you're, as long as you're getting results on the board, your performances will, will ultimately come along because you have results on the board and you have that luxury of implementing your style even more and progressing like, because like, we're only a new team and we're gelling. But once you have the results every week, uh, your, your performance will, prog- will, will progress along with it, you know? Okay, listen, Gary, uh, thanks a million for your time. Best of luck on Friday. And sure, listen, hopefully we'll talk to you as well across the season um, as we continue to, um, to have a, a progressive season, I guess. Like, you know, uh... No worries. Thanks very much. Gary Buckley there. Great to have another um, player who's won medals in the squad. Who's Jerry, he seems pretty committed to the cause up here. He's not up here for, for the laugh. No, um, he seems to be pretty committed. All right, Connor. You can hear from, you can hear from the interview as well as that. He is a winner and he that's what kind of drives him and motivates him is winning trophies and, and winning medals and things like that. Doesn't seem to be motivated by, you know, uh, the money he set himself there. Look, you know, it's not a, a wild pile of difference between club to club in terms of money. It's not going to set you up for life or anything like that. He's he's motivated by by winning and uh I'd say he's a very good influence in the dressing room as well. Yeah, he's a he's another um he's another strong voice, isn't he? You can't have too many fellas like that in the dressing room, that's for sure leaders and characters and especially lads who have uh, success like him behind them double winning team and playing as he said big European game Champions League games you can't buy that experience and that's uh, uh, unbelievable for the young fellas especially like the John Mahan beside him to be learning on uh, fellas like that it's just it's a, it's, it's a, it can't be bought yeah yeah okay competition time uh, with thanks to our new sponsors the White Hag there presenting a Doe Brews pizza party on Friday, the 9th of April. And the White Hag is excited to be joining forces with the Doe Brothers of Galway City for this one night only pizza party extravaganza. The guys of the White Hag will be catching up with the lads talking about all things pizza and beer. Alongside a cracking pizza kit from the Doe Brothers, we on the podcast are giving away some Italian brews that have been imported, especially for the occasion. So on the night, the Doe Brothers will present an online masterclass in pizza making, and you'll be invited to sit back and enjoy the feast while you take in stories and beers from the very best breweries who live to pair beer and pizza together. So win your pizza beer kit by answering this simple question. Before joining Sligo Rovers, Gary Buckley played for which club? So we'll take answers uh, across Twitter. You'll get us at Bit or Reg Trust. Um, and uh, so, yeah, at us and um, give us your answer and make sure to include at the White Hag. Or if you're not on Twitter, um, you can email us podcast at borst.ie with the White Hag in the subject line along with your answer uh, in the email. And it'll help if you stick a contact number in there, in there as well. Uh, and you can get us on uh, Jerry, what's our, our Instagram handle, you know? Borst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> search for us you'll find us um, yeah. uh, you can you can you can um you can enter the competition there to so just answer the question before joining Sligo Rovers Gary Buckley Gary Buckley played for which club uh, and if you don't win you can get your pizza and beer kit uh, on the whitehag.com and we'll be in touch with the winner early next week I guess um obviously before we we go live for next week's pod and more white hag goodness uh, on next week's pod so thanks a million to the white hag for providing uh, our first giveaway and we're delighted with that okay so um okay so we'll speak to Kieran Bark from Between the Stripes ahead of um the game with Longford let's get stuck into that will we nothing else to do here we'll just go straight into it yeah uh, here's Kieran Burke. 
I mean, you're well, you're you're well experienced at uh, these podcasts. How long have has Between the Stripes been on the go? Uh, Between the Stripes was actually set up in 2016, but at that stage, um, it was just set up initially as a Longford Town kind of news blog because um, a couple of years ago, the club were they were really falling behind. They were lacking on the on- online side of things, the social media side of things. Um, like to be players coming and going, fans wouldn't know about us. So. I suppose I took it upon myself to try and fill a little bit of a void there and set up a, an unofficial kind of Longford Town news outlet. Um, but thankfully, I think it was 2017, towards the end of 2017, the club appointed James Donnelly as their media manager. And ever since then, the club has just made absolutely huge strides uh, in terms of social media, in terms of online, just everything. There's been huge improvements uh, across the board. I was brought in then along with a few other lads to, to form a media team under James there. The club's made huge strides, so I suppose probably within a year or even less, uh, I decided it was time, the job was done really with Between the Stripes, it was time to branch it out to a more league-wide kind of basis, so um, we started just adding little things on every year. Uh, the podcast, as you said, is what, we're, is what we're, we're best known for. That launched in the summer of 2017 uh, in around the European Games, and it was a big success at the time. Uh, myself and John Breyer launched it, and that's still going now. So we're five, uh, nearly five years. It's our fifth series of the podcast. So we're four or five years at the podcast now. But even in the last couple of years, we've launched uh, our Between the Stripe TV on YouTube. We were doing live commentary of games for a while before uh, the likes of Watch LOI came along. Um, and we're always just adding new bits and, and pieces as we go. Even this season, we've got the BTS boot room. So after the live game on a Friday night, um, we'd go live on our socials and just have a discussion with maybe a couple of fans from each team about how the game played out and just get the interaction going with fans out there. So it's great to be to have so many different layers of coverage. Well, just really quickly, and I'm kind of interested in, I'm interested in kind of developing like a fan-driven network of um, like like-minded people no more than yourself. Um, uh, because like there's a, there's a kind of a national void in quality coverage. And um, so... I mean, do you do you believe that you're filling that void? Do you think that there's there's um, there's more that can be done, or um, do you think that national media might take notice of the, the kind of work that you're doing and we're doing on, on similar podcasts? Um, there's always more that can be done, uh, even if you're doing things to a very high level. There's always ways you can improve, but. Um, I mean, it's not just between the stripes here yourself. You're, you're doing a service for the Sligo fans. Uh, I think there's a, a, there's a lot of podcasts out there at the moment, but people always say that to me. They're like, geez, there's a lot of podcasts. But I think it's brilliant because I'm the type of person, I don't listen to music when I'm in the car. I put a podcast on. Uh, I go through kind of the league podcast first, and then I'll say, right, what club is kind of topical this week? Right, Dundalk are in a bit of a mess at the moment. I'll listen to a few Dundalk podcasts. We're playing Sligo this week. I'll listen to a few Sligo podcasts. So it's great to have so many different kind of outlets. Um and you've got, you know, loads of different YouTube channels and stuff out there. So I suppose that that's probably not a bad idea, Connor. Maybe there could be more collaboration between kind of the independent uh, media outlets out there. But uh, as I said, there can, there can always be improvements. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to drive our listenership figures up. So when we play Longford, I want to tap into a Longford audience. And then when we play Chams, I want to tap into the, their podcast and just kind of cross-pollinate. But um, that's that's the kind of goal that's, uh, that we're chasing here. But there's definitely, there's definitely an opportunity for you know, for this kind of network of like-minded people to be, um, to, to kind of, um, you know, gain from each other, I suppose, you know. So listen, we're, we're pushed for time here. Um, let's get down to the nitty gritty of um, of the game that's um, coming on Friday night. It's an early kickoff. Um, it's in Longford. So uh, it's been, you've had a similar start to us. Um, 
And it looks like, you know, I know we're only two games in, but the, the league is um, throwing up some interesting results already. So I guess my first question in relation to the football is, like, what's the feeling among the Dundalk fans two games in? Or sorry, the, the Longford fans two games in. <laughs> well, I can tell you about the Dundalk fans as well, because I actually live up here if you want to know about them. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Longford for now. Um, oh, look, we're, we're riding the crest of a wave. I know it's only two games in, but uh, every bookmaker, every pundit, Everyone had us to finish rock bottom and not only rock bottom, but I think a lot of people felt we might even be competitive. We'd be, you know, relegated by the end of May. <laughs> but I think we've already proven uh, that won't be the case. I think the players have probably bought into that kind of negativity. And look, on my own podcast, like I said we'd be in the bottom two as well. So I'm not going to claim that I, I could see these results coming. But uh, I think the players, uh, particularly the likes of A. Durbin, I think he's been using that as a real driving board in the dressing room to try and prove the doubters wrong. And um, I think we're, we're just going to surprise an awful lot of people. Like, I think we really caught Derry on the hop the opening night. They couldn't believe how quickly we came out with the traps, uh, our fitness levels, our application. And Bowes should have known what was coming because if they've done their homework and they've watched that Derry game, they should have known exactly the type of performance we'd give. We didn't give it in the first half. We were very, very poor. But they should have known that Longford team wouldn't give up. And uh, they came out and they totally owned that second half against a very good Bowes team. And... Uh, came away with a point and could have even came away with all three in the end. So that will give uh, all the players huge, huge confidence. Is that the greatest asset? Is the, the, le- the fitness level of Longford Town at the moment, is that the, the, the most noticeable asset two games in? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like to describe it as our best or most important asset because then it, it almost makes the team sound like they have no technical ability. They certainly do. But uh, a team coming up from the first division that are part-time, you would not expect them to be fitter than some of the Premier Division teams we played. We were 10 times fitter than Derry City. And uh, in the second half, we wore Bowes down, we wore them down, and eventually we got on top of them and they caved under the pressure. So we were fitter than Bowes in the closing stages as well. That's a team that's going to be playing in Europe this year, played in Europe last year. So that's a surprise for me. I'm not surprised how fit we are, but in relation to, uh, I know Bowes aren't full-time, but Derry certainly are. In relation to other full-time teams and even... Uh, uh, Bowes, to... Bowes are full-time. Come on, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I said that we had Lee Stacey on, on the Between the Strikes podcast last night and I said to him, we probably need to find a better term for the likes of Longford because I don't think part-time is right. They put in the same levels of professionalism and they're training, you know, four or five nights a week. Um, it's just the only difference is they have day jobs and, and probably uh, more distractions than the likes of Dundalk and Rovers players have. But... I mean, the level of professionalism, the level of analysis and sports science that goes in, it's just as professional as the other sides. But uh, yeah, I think if Sligo underestimate Longford the way the other two did, uh, they'll be in for a big wake-up call. Karen, there was a lot of plaudits given to Longford in regards to their actual the commitment on the pitch, but also the tactical astuteness, that they were very, very well organised and everyone stuck to their job throughout the whole 90 minutes, which is tough enough to do. But as you say, as a part-time side, technically they're a part-time side. Like it's a, it's a huge credit to the, to the team up there to be that organised and that's clued in as such. Yeah, because the opening night against Derry when the team sheets came out, because as you'll know, lads, we, our results in pre-season uh, were poor. And look, you never read too much into results in pre-season, but some of the performances did worry me, particularly defensively, because you can't afford to make... Uh, silly errors at the back at this level or you're going to be punished against the top sides but um, when the, the team sheets came out for the Derry game uh, a couple of us were looking around saying what is he doing here we weren't expecting some of the names that were in there and some of the names left out we obviously were expecting them to start but he got at Dara and, and Johnny and, and the, the management team they got it absolutely spot on we played that game 
to perfection. It was the perfect performance against Derry City. As I said, we were, I don't know where we sloppy or not at the races in the first half against Bowes. I think there was, you could really see the difference in quality. Uh, that was really notable for me, um, how good Bowes were compared to Derry. I mean, Georgie Kelly didn't have a great time with things last year with Pats, but my God, he was unplayable at times uh, against Longford the other day. And we really struggled to deal with him and, some really good midfield players as well, Bose, and they, they could have been further ahead of halftime. They could have been three or four up only for Lee Stacey. He was brilliant. But as I said, once they got into the dressing room, I think Dara, um, it wasn't the type of, it, he didn't give them the hairdryer or take paint off the walls. I think he just gave them a bit of encouragement because we had a couple of chances just before half time, and he could see a way back into the game. Maybe some of the supporters, I certainly didn't see a way back into the game, but he saw, and uh, you know, I suppose um, as they're well organised, the tactics are spot on, but they're, they're good uh, motivators and they know exactly what to say, whether they have to put an arm around a lad or give him a bit of a rollick and they know what to do. So that that's crucial. Um, yeah. So a full bill of health going into the game on, on Friday or, um, or what, what can you expect? What, what are your expectations going into the game? Yeah, as far as I know, we should have um, a full selection to choose from. The only one there'll be doubt over is Rob Manley. He missed the game against Bowes, uh, and he was our top scorer last season. But aside from the amount of goals he scores, his hold-up play is absolutely top class. You could really see we we missed him in the first half against uh, against Bowes. Sam Verdon started the game, and although he didn't get an awful lot of service, I think Sam himself would probably be disappointed with his performance, and, and there was no surprise to see Dara make uh, some changes towards the end of the game. And in came Connor Davis with his super sub uh role and, and Callum Warfield, the young player off the bench as well, did really well and I think that's probably something people are underestimating from a longer point of view as well. A lot of these players aren't household names um, but we feel that we've got a really, really good squad this year to choose from and when things aren't going right, Dara will have options off the bench and even when things are going right, the players that are on the on the pitch they'll know they'll have to give their all to keep their, their starting position. So, we've just got a really good balance at the moment and uh, I think it'll be a really, really good game on Friday as well. I'm looking forward to it. Will you be looking to try and make hay in the early parts of the season in case there's any drop-off? Like, what sort of size squad do you have? I know for Rovers, we have a very tight squad and we've tried to have more quality than quantity this year. We've had a lot of long-term injuries over the last number of seasons, so we've tried to kind of get rid of that type of player. Uh, are, are Longford, do they, is there strength and depth to get them through the season to maintain? Yeah, there, um, there definitely is. There'd, there'd be at least two quality players for every position, which is something we probably haven't had before. Now, there'd be one or two areas in the pitch where that wouldn't be the case, and you might have to you know, put square pegs and round holes and the like. But overall, I think for the budget we're working off, uh, I think we've done really, really well. And as I said, they might be household names, but they're players with something to prove. Maybe they've had injury issues or or they were let go by bigger clubs in the past, or they've come home from England or wherever. They've all got kind of something to prove. And I think there's a lot of hunger in the squad. And I think that's a big asset for us as well, uh, where you look at some some teams in the league paying big money to, to big names, and maybe they mightn't get the same levels of application as Longford might. But I think what you said is correct. We need to just keep getting the points on the board early on in the season, because as fit as the team is now, I've asked Darrod Oilis and I've asked the fitness coach this, can we keep these levels up? They, they are certain that we can in terms of fitness and, the way we play off the ball, the, the constant pressing, um, they feel that we, we can keep that going for the entire year. So I hope they're right, um, but it's very important we, we keep this momentum going and, and just get points on the board. We're not expecting to go out and win every week, but we can pick up points here and there, then that's that's more than enough, I think. Karen, uh, just coming to the start of the season, was it a worry for fans that maybe the club might, you know, just be newly promoted, sign journeyman as such, that you're seeing a lot of teams 
coming up will take these journeymen that have just been rallied around the league now for years on end. But instead, you've actually gone and signed the right players and players that are going to fit properly into your system. And you, as you said yourself, you flew under the radar and people didn't even realise who you'd signed nearly. Yeah, because that was my big concern, to be honest, with the squad, uh, was the lack of Premier Division experience because I was at press conferences with Dara Doyle and I put that question to him and he did admit, you know, if the budget was slightly bigger, uh, if there wasn't COVID around uh, with fans coming in, uh, more sponsorship, there might have been a little bit more money to play with and he might have been able to get some of these players. I mean, you look at particularly Drotter and what they've done, Dane Massey, uh, Gary Deegan, uh, Danny Corcoran, three really experienced and really good signings. And I think we would have probably liked to do something along those lines. But um, Drotter obviously had kind of three or four weeks advantage over us because they went up as champions, whereas we had to go through the playoffs. So they got that business done early. We were on the back foot. We had to reevaluate our options, go for younger players, go for players, as I said, that maybe have something to prove. So it, it mightn't actually be a bad thing in the end, but I was, yeah, I was concerned with the lack of experience. Has, has your um, underage academy been fruitful? Have has there been players making the step up to the senior team? Again, that's a, an area of the club where the club was really struggling for a number of years. Um, there wasn't local players coming through, but even aside from local lads, there wasn't really products uh, coming through from the, the, the 19s and the like, but that's changed dramatically in the last couple of years. I think at one stage last season, we had six or seven players that had come through the under-19 system and Obviously, the, the local lad in the team is Ed Durvin, and it's, it's fantastic to have a local player because uh, I'm a long, long time going out there to Longford, and, and since the days of uh, Sean Fronty, really, we haven't had a local star. Uh, there was one or two along the way. We had uh, the likes of Mick Lee, who was a really good player for a couple of years, but we haven't had someone that kind of reached the levels of Sean Fronty. Uh, but I think a lot of Longford fans feel A is kind of on that path already. Look, I don't think he'll be with Longford. Uh, for much longer, I think if we keep him this season, we'll we'll be quite happy because there was a number of big clubs after him in the off season. Uh, I think he can go to the very very top level. I just think he's an incredible player. Uh, but the fact that he is local, it, it's fantastic as well. So, uh, yeah, the the academy side of things really coming forward, and, and we're starting to see the fruits of it now. Karen, you're very well tuned into the league, obviously with between between the stripes and everything else. But um, have you seen that overall throughout the league that the youth systems have improved? And that you're seeing, we're seeing a lot more um, youth progressing to first teams throughout the throughout the clubs in the league. Yeah, definitely, Sean. I think it's a fantastic. Look, we're we're way behind in this country. I think what's happening with the Ireland team at the minute under Stephen Kenny, I think that's that's the byproduct of the neglect uh, at academy level for years. Uh, we had the schoolboy clubs running that they were shipping players off to England probably before they were ready because they were just thinking about the the transfer fees and all the prestige that went with it, they probably didn't at times, but not every club. There's some great uh, non-league clubs out there that have, that have produced a list of great players, but there was probably some that uh, weren't putting the players' development and best interests at heart. And A lot of lads came back and not only did they not make it in England, but they totally fell out of football full stop. Um, and that's still a big problem as well with young players going across. You know, you're talking probably about 1% of them that will actually make it. Uh, I don't think there's a great amount of research and, uh, analysis on players that come back and probably a lot of players do fall out of the game totally and that, that's something we really do need to look at as a country but I think the fact that the League of Ireland clubs now are starting to form partnerships you look at the likes of Bowes and St Kevin's and I think Bray there are partnered with um, with Joseph's as well and there's loads of other examples as well I think that's that's hugely positive for not just the League of Ireland but for Irish football as a whole 
Now, just before we let you go, and uh, if any other lads have any questions before um, we let Kieran go, um, Kieran, where can we get? Where can people hear your podcasts? What platforms are they on, or what do they need to search for? Yeah, it's pretty much on every platform going, the likes of Apple, Spotify, TuneIn. Uh, if you just search for Between the Stripes LOI podcast, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find us. And we've got a brand new website launched in the last couple of weeks as well. That's betweenthestripes.net. So you'll get all of our latest articles. We've got a couple of uh, columnists this year, Stephen Henderson, James Rogers, uh, Connor Hoey, the chairman. They're all writing regular pieces. Uh, a couple of news articles and interviews go up there and you'll get all of our video content there as well. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter app between stripes is the handle and uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. If you just search between the stripes, you'll find us there. Okay. So before you go, call it for Friday night. Uh, I predicted it last night. Actually the three of us, myself, Gary and John all went one, one last night. Uh, I think we were along the lines of thinking uh, if we all say a one, one, it might just happen and we'd be more than happy with a point against Sligo. Um, I said it on the show last night and I was writing for the Longford match program this week as well. I said where this game will be won and lost will be the midfield battle. You've got a really experienced and wise head there in Greg Boulder. He's been around the block. He's seen it all. He's going to be coming up against two little terriers in the midfield, A. Dervin and Aaron Bulger. I've never seen the like of the two lads. They're, there's very few footballers like them in the modern game. Uh, they absolutely love getting stuck into a tackle. They love the nitty-gritty side of it. As I said, that's not to say they're not good on the ball because they are, but they, they just love nothing more than a tackle. And I could actually see something happening. Um, I could see a little flashpoint at some stage between the likes of Greg Bulger and maybe um, A. Durbin. So I think that's a battle to watch. And I think whoever comes out on top in that midfield battle will win the right to have the majority of possession. And you look at Sligo, you've got two really good strikers there. It's one of the more unlikely partnerships. Uh, Romeo Parks is Jamaican international and a local lad in Johnny Kenny. But I actually think it could be one of the more potent and dangerous partnerships in the league this season. But on the flip side of that, Longford have been really, really efficient with their chances this season. We haven't created a huge amount of chances in the games uh, we've played, but when the chances have come, we've taken them. And if we continue to do that, uh, there's a good chance we, we could win this game. But I think it'll be a draw. Okay, Kieran. listen, thanks a million for joining us. Uh, I'm excited now. I'm even more excited having listened to you than I was uh, beforehand. So listen, thanks for your time. Um, best of luck, or continued luck with, um, not luck, but continued success with um, the podcast website. And listen, um, we'll check in with you again um, across the season. But thanks for your time. Ash, you, you can call me after long for win on Friday. So <laughs> <I'll call him. laughs> thanks a million, lads. So that's Kieran Burke from Between the Stripes. Um, he's got a, his podcast is really more, it's not just Longford Town focused, it's more League of Ireland. He's across the first division and the uh, Premier Division. Um, so, yeah, Jerry, you've done some stuff as well with him recently, haven't you? Yeah, I was on a, a Between the Stripes um, after game show there on Friday night. Um, it's really good, it's really uh, interactive and yeah. yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, um, Kieran's given us a really good preview of the game, but um, Magoo, you know, I haven't spoken to him. I'm a little bit apprehensive based on the fitness. So if you were to take the game against Waterford and have a slightly more driven, fitter team and we had that performance for periods against against Waterford, um, we could get a little bit unstuck against Longford. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think they're, they're more of a cohesive team unit at Longford. Than Waterford will be, and they're a lot fitter, I'd say, and very hungry. Like he was mentioning Aid Durbin there in the in his interview, and uh, I seen a lot of him with the underage Longford setup, and he's fight. He's one feisty young fella, I tell you that. And we a lot of we bit about him 
he'll not be scared of getting into Bulger. He'll be looking forward to getting into Bulger. I can tell you that for a fact. He'll he'll be loving this all week. He'll be ready. He'll be licking his lips at the prospect of this. And I'd say the whole team will be like that. We're coming down on the crest of a wave. Hi, you know what I mean? Well, look at us. We're brilliant. Our attacking players. Look at the goals we score. Yeah. Stuff like this to, to, to lads like that and teams like that is it's it's like like me to the lion. This is what they want. Yeah. Um Donner, um um I have a really good question for you. It's kind of oh no, it's back. <laughs> um so like I mean they've 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 shown their their they've shown their fighting spirit. Um I guess many people thought they were done and dusted that they were finished against Bohemians, but they've they've got plenty of fight there. But they're not gonna go away, I guess. If we if we do score against them early. Oh no, no, no. Definitely they won't be they won't down tools or feel sorry on themselves anyway, that's for sure. I look to also have to look at they're very, very tactically astute. So we're gonna be have to be honest from from the first from the first whistle. Um it's not gonna be an easy game. And I was one of the ones that rid off Longford at the start of the season. I thought they'd be they'd be one of these things where you get a handy three points. But it's it's proven that it's not going to be that way, and fair play to them for that. Yeah. But uh, just uh, what would worry me slightly is going back to the Waterford game where we gave away pose- possession very very easily at times, and if we do that against Longford, they're going to pounce. And as Karen pointed out, they're actually they've been very good with their conversion rates, so they've taken their chances when it's fallen to them. So we have to be very careful in that regard. And Magoo, is this our biggest test so far? Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, like Sean says as well, I think as well another big team will be set pieces. These fellas will be well drilled. Mm. The, the, the likes of the, these teams are the, the try to take advantage of everything they can and set pieces will be a big play for them. So we need to be on the ball with them after the goal against Waterford last week. Um, but it definitely will be our toughest game. Like As, as you saw against Bowles, we go two and up. These fellas aren't lying down like so. We have to be on it from the right from the start. Like Gary says, you know, we start the game slow, and so we can't be affording that this week. No way. And these, these fellas are going to be on a high after coming back from. That's like that's like a victory to them coming back from two down in Daly Park at half time. That's and I heard I heard Ed Dervin too saying in uh, some interview as well that um, everybody had them rolled off at the start of the season and they're looking to prove people wrong. So. Like they're highly motivated for every game, and you yeah. can see it in them. There's a sense that um, sorry, a couple of technical issues that we're dealing with here on the fly, but uh, we're all okay. <laughs> sorry, there's a sense that anybody could beat anybody in the league, so that um, that's going to give uh, Longford a boost as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, look, you've seen over the weekend there, where the, the first two weekends that um, you know, Harps have but taken points off clubs that you wouldn't expect. It's the same for ourselves and. Uh, Obviously, Longford coming back from 2-0 down, Daily Mount is uh, a big surprise. I actually watched the first half of that and I thought they were useless, to be honest. I couldn't believe when they came back to 2 all. Um So, fair, fair juice to them. But I still think that we've... I still think we, we, we'll beat them by a couple of goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we've opened that... Yeah, I, well, look, I hate... Like I said, I hate doing these, but... Um, I think that I do think it'll be our toughest game, and but I think or I hope that our extra quality of front will be the difference. Uh, we can we can expect Sean, I guess, a similar setup. Like we can see this, our formation and our starting eleven probably isn't going to isn't going to deviate too much from what went out against Waterford. No, 
guarantee that as long as fitness pro- fitness everyone is fit, I'd say you'll see the same starting eleven. Can't see a change coming in at all. Uh, definitely the same tactical setup anyway. It's, it's worked well so far, and we're at home. There's no way he's going to go away from the four-two-three-one. Um, but I think we should have enough in us to win the game. Like, you know, it, it, it won't be an easy game, but definitely we should have enough to win the game. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to how, how much we learn about Rovers with each game that goes by, like, you know, with, with each test that's presented. Um, and, you know, each team is kind of quite unique at the moment because I guess it's just so interesting the, the way things have gone. Um, Longford beating Derry, um, their comeback against Bulls. Uh, you know, it's just hopefully uh, somebody, uh, hopefully uh, Dundalk nullify... Um, Shamrock and you know yeah. gives things interesting there as well you know yeah well look it'd be great if um, if if Shans took a, uh, if Dundalk took a couple of points off Shans at least you know because look you know we're going to be up there 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 about Dundalk don't know about them really yeah. but um, just going back to the to the um, but just uh, that there might be any changes for this game so I suppose here's one for this for the statos out there when was the last time we uh, started a uh, three games in a row with the same 11. It's a long time, it's a... Uh, I wouldn't have a breeze, but it's a long, yeah. long time, yeah. 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 I don't even think we started... I don't think we played the same thing consecutively in a, twice That's, in a row last year, did we? I, yeah, uh, and even the season before that, there's some stat that's in the back of my head there that tells me we haven't uh, had the same starting team two times in a row uh, in season, season and a half. Yeah. So, Donner, what's happening after this game um, in relation to the Bitter Red Supporters Trust? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Important news. Um, we're going to be doing a live aftermath reaction on YouTube. Uh, so, please, people, if you want to tune in, it'll be a bit of crack. Hopefully, it'll be a happy reaction <laughs> and uh, not a not a an effing and blinding one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they change the bloody team? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does it start with uh, uh, three games in a row with the same thing? Uh, calling for Buckley to get the sack and shipping <laughs> players out the whole lot. Um, no, look, it's just we're just. It's also it's also possible. Sorry, it's also possible that there could be a lot of white hag involved as well. Well, <laughs> yes, 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 very true. <laughs> Look, like everything, we're just trying to do something a little bit different and just trying to give Rovers fans a little bit extra content that's not available at the moment. So, look, if everyone could just tune in, it's it's going to be live. It'll also be there as a recording that can be watched at a later date if people want. But um, it'll be on the Bitter Red Trust YouTube, YouTube page and just type in Flag Rovers Bitter Red Trust and you will find us there. But we'll be posting the links throughout the week on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Yeah, all the usual, all the usual spots. I, I suppose Connor as well. Like, you know, uh, with with the pod and with the uh, the live uh, YouTube uh, after game uh, specials, yeah. that's something like we as a trust. Um, you know, we're trying to fill the vacuum where the club probably doesn't have resources and things like that, and just that we can engage with the fans and the fans can engage with us and through the club and all that. So, like all these things make for a better. I suppose fan experience, and, and that's what the trust is all about, really. Yeah. So, and, and in the current uh, circumstances as well, like yeah, like I, I know after after games, you know, I, I, my direct forty minutes after games, scrolling Twitter, what are people saying? Yeah. Um, me, you know, trying to vent my frustration, celebrate, 
you know, wins or whatever it might be. So there's, there's, um, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a vehicle for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just with regards to it, um, there's going to be, there will be a live comment section available as well. So that whoever does tune in can post up comments like, we'll see it. So that's what we want to create. Look, we're not coming on here thinking we're any kind of experts or anything <laughs> like that, you know, trying to get breakdown analysis. We're just, just shooting a couple of lads shooting the shit, talking about rovers that we all love. And come so, here, Sean, will you, will you um, keep your language to a minimum? There's reports <laughs> from leisure centres around, um, around the town that some people are unhappy with the, the standard of language. The neighbours are talking. Well, it actually wasn't my language that were given out about. It was the man that's actually directly be- below me there, Mr Magoo. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm above you on my screen. <laughs> But no, yeah, we'll try and keep uh, language to a minimum friendly, uh, family-friendly audience. Yeah. yeah. Before we finish up, Jared O'Connor, Bertley Town. What's the story? What's the connection between Sligo Rovers, Bertley Town? Who are Bertley Town? And um... yeah, so uh, Bertley Town play in like the fifth or sixth tier of non-league football. Uh, they're based in the northeast of England, and in their grounds. I don't know, they must have been getting like pavement replaced at one time. And whoever was doing it or whoever was in the area wrote a big massive Sliger Rovers into the cement. So with that, they contacted uh, the trusts um, because they're in a competition uh, to win £50,000 and it's open to non-league clubs. So they contacted us on Saturday evening and uh, just says, look, we'd be able to kind of throw it up on your social media and see if we can drum up a few votes for them. So when they contacted us, they had 200 votes on Saturday evening. And by Sunday night, just over 24 hours, their vote had gone from 200 up to nearly 1,600. <laughs> yeah. So they came fourth. So this is like round one. So they came fourth overall for non-league clubs. And like you're clubs like Notts County and teams like that in it um, and they were just over like as we would say in Sligo they were overwhelmed <laughs> with the response from Rovers fans because th- in fairness that's 1400 votes that would have come from from Rovers fans which is those votes came from the North Ward <laughs> the North Ward <laughs> transfers transfers, transfers. it's Jimmy well, McGarry on the case and the other thing I wanted to say sorry Jerry for interrupting you but I forget about this as well is the podcast um, Gino O'Boyle's podcast did any of you hear it um, brilliant it's um, it's on the uh, the Boot Boys this infamous Sligo Rovers uh, fans of the 1970s uh, you check it on Spotify um, search oh god I can't remember what search Sligo Stories Sligo Stories yeah and you'll get it it's an excellent podcast and it covers supporters who followed the bit of red in the 70s really in the 70s and 80s I guess 70s 70s yeah sorry Jerry so the the, the vote increased yeah. exponentially after the Rovers fans got involved yeah so um, the voting closed at 12 o'clock on Sunday night um, so as far as I know, I've been in contact with the guys over there and what they direct, they're into the next round. Um, and then after that, then there's like uh, an interview process or something to, to get the money. So I think we might need everybody to vote again for them. And it's kind of, I suppose it kind of had a, a bit of a wolf tones element to it. You know, uh, a nation once again, uh-huh. uh, when the Irish voted on the, the BBC yeah, greatest yeah. song ever or whatever. So yeah, yeah it was 
it just came from nowhere, as you said to you. Look, we're they were up against the likes of Notts County and that, and we just blew them away. Yeah, Rovers fans, that is. And I believe um, up in the showgrounds that they've laid New Concord now down on the um, the Nazareth, <laughs> end, Nazareth House end, and they've written uh, Barcelona into, <laughs> yeah. into the concrete. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was okay. poured on Monday morning. Yeah, but it's a great story and it's great yeah. to be able to kind of reach out to you know similar or, you know other clubs in need i guess you know and, and to have yeah. that connection a community um, club i think we're done we're so uh, done there's, there's nothing else to there's no other um, events coming up cherry that we need to mention there's no yeah uh, just look uh, uh, oh just a shout out to kevin callahan over in slovakia as well uh kevin's a big rovers fan and he uh looks Looks forward to the podcast and any Rovers content. So, yeah, yeah big shout out to him. Cheers, okay. Kev. Thanks, Kevin. And um, Ian and Ian, Ian, so if we're not doing shout outs, Ian and China. Over in China. He was off, yeah. Yeah. Recruit, doing his recruitment over in China. Yeah. Very good. There's a few lads great. in Canada as well. So, yeah. Um, and the other thing to say is, you know, after the Longford game, we want to get your shout in, shout ins in, shout in, shout outs in. So you can email them into us podcast at borst.ie. And um, we get them that way. And as I said last week, if anyone can think of a better way to, for us, or a more efficient way to get the um, voice notes into us, um, let us know and we'll do that. But thanks to everybody who submitted them uh, last week and we look forward to hearing them again next week. Uh, and here's to three points against Longford, top of the league, three games in. Uh, we'll chat to you on the far side of that. Best of luck, Charlie. Thank you. Cheers, Connor. Magoo, thanks a million. Cheers, Connor. Cheers, lads. And Sean, we will talk to you after. Well, we'll see you directly after the, the Longford game. Well, indeed. Hopefully with smiles on our faces. All right. Thanks a million to the White Hag.